Welcome to the club! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what you're going to need. That's why we called it The Climb, C-L-I-M-B, creating leverage in the music business. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. That's a Baxter for my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter. Brent is an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Randy Travis, Lady Antebellum, Joe Nichols, and more. And Brent helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you can write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he's going to connect you to the pros so you get a shot to create a relationship. And you can find Brent very easily at songwritingpro.com. Once again, that's songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinnell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, then Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That's production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. What's up, buddy? Hello. I bet you uh, do wish there were a couple more Johnny D's to help you lug all the stuff up the stage. <laughs> I miss your face. <laughs> Brett and I are sitting in the same room today, which That's is cool. Right. And also on the same mic, which ought to be really interesting for the editor. Sorry, editor. <laughs> Sorry, Aaron. And Dr. Fauci. Plants, right? There's no masks here. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're going down, riddled with disease. We will have to edit that out later. Something unfortunate happens. <laughs> so today's episode is my episode, and it's called Pants Down. Of and, course. And, here, <laughs> and here's why we call it that. Straight up, we we're supposed to do an interview today, and our interviewee had an issue like his job for whatever reason doesn't require him to have a a laptop computer no so he hasn't had a computer in years that he's had to deal with he must have one probably at work or something yes and i think he's just one of those new fangled young kids that are artists and so he has a tablet and a phone and that gets him through oh maybe that's it yeah and so young and he's an artist and so the platform we use zencaster to create Mm -hmm. these things doesn't allow ios apparently so you'd have to be like on a computer so um zencaster we love you but Get with it. <laughs> so, so this uh, this particular person was going to borrow his girlfriend's computer. And in yeah. between the time we booked the interview and today, he broke up with his girlfriend. So he pulled out some old crusty computer from the closet that yeah. didn't work. And so we had to reschedule. Now, on to the real drama is that Johnny doesn't have anything prepared. Mm-hmm. Caught with my pants down. Hence the title. <laughs> That is the best possible beginning of that time. <laughs> That's right. So Brent and I just figured, well, we're here in the same room because Brent's out running up and down Music Row mm-hmm. this week. So we're going to pull some stuff out of our behind. Which is easy to get to because our pants are down. That's right. Exactly. If you're going to pull stuff out your butt, you think your pants are down. makes it a whole lot easier. So this ought to be real interesting, guys, but obviously we're going to do this because consistency matters, and we've got a subject matter that we have uh, scrambled to talk about here, (laughs) and it's going to be interactive with you, believe it or not, so this would be cool. But before you do that, let's take care of a little business. Join the Climb community if you haven't done so already. This is a thriving community, songwriters, singers, indie artists, musicians. Ask some great questions. Get some great answers on there. It's a think tank. Right? Yeah. What are other people doing? Figure out what they're doing to help solve that problem, and you're going to get some great answers in there. We try to put 
regular information in there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you consume your podcast. Leave a rating and review. We hope it's a five star, but if it's a one star, we'll read that too. Just try to make it humorous at least. Yeah, that's right. And then finally, tell a friend about it. If we're commanding this amount of attention from you once or twice a week, it's got to be for a good reason. So tell somebody else about it. Let them know, hey, this is a good thing here. That's right. And speaking of the client community, I'd like to share every Wednesday we do a new hikes post. So that is a place in the comments there for you to share your wins, big or small. We love them all, all your music related wins. So I just want to share a couple of these this week. Nathan Harden says, been writing like a beast, at least as far as quantity goes, hopefully as well in quality. Sunday, Joe Graham and I have a couple of songs in the pitching process. And by November, I hope to get even more going through the process. So I know Nathan and Sunday Joe met through the community, the client community, the songwriting oh, really? community. That's a yeah, so okay. somewhere in our communities, they met and started writing together. So that's awesome. Yeah. And I know Sunday Joe's a climber as well. Let's see. Chris Scheller, I think is how you pronounce it, says, I potentially have a collaboration opportunity with a well-known musician in my genre. I've admired his work for a very long time. So good luck, Chris. Yeah. And the last one I'll share here is from Keith Gill Jr. He says, I was nominated for the second month in a row as a one to watch songwriter from NSAI. Nice. Let's only keep this train moving in a forward direction. So congrats. That's a few of the wins for the week. New Heights. So congratulations, climbers. And like I said, big or small, man, we love all the wins. And so that's a place for you to share that with each other and keep each other motivated and Celebrate together. And remind each other that these little baby steps are happening all the time. That's you right. Give up. You don't want to give up. Oh, and shout out to American Songwriter Magazine. Yes, we are proud to be part of the American Songwriter Podcast Network with some other great podcasts. So you can check that out at americansongwriter.com forward slash podcast. A lot of great shows on there. We're just glad to be amongst them. That's right. Actually, we got to give a shout out too to Disc Makers because one of the episodes that they had yeah. done a blog post on yeah yeah there was a recent podcast episode that got turned into a blog post over disc makers and got picked up by Hypebot. hell yeah was which is fun so, stoked about that yeah that's a big deal to us so anyway well let's get into it so brent and i just were talking this morning about different things that are being missed in the new music industry on the digital platform some mm-hmm. of the problems that are happening a number of episodes back it might have been like a number of years back, (laughs) I shared some data that proved essentially that the music industry really isn't doing a good job of breaking new artists. And making new superstars. Or making new superstars. Let's say it that way. And so the question remains, and I don't know that we have an answer to it, but will there be any superstars in the future or will it just be this bunch of niche artists or whatever, but Mm -hmm. the data that I shared was the top 10 grossing tours. And we talked about like in 2017, these are the tours that whether they're charging massive amounts of money for a ticket or whether they're getting a medium ticket price, but tens of thousands of people every single show, they have grossed the top 10 amount of money over the course of a year. Mm -hmm. And in 2017, the top 10 grossing tours, two of those artists were over the age of 74 and Mm -hmm. had 50 year old brand names. So what I mean by 50 year old brand names is that they have been on the radio for 50 years at least. Right. So that was Paul McCartney and the stones Mm -hmm. who both, I believe hit radio airwaves in 64. 
So that's, yeah, that's insane, right? The next five artists were over the age of 55 and had 30-year-old brand names. Mm -hmm. They've been on the radio for over 30 years. That was Metallica, that was Guns N' Roses, that was U2 on the 30th anniversary of the Joshua Tree Tour. Mm -hmm. That was Garth Brooks, Mm -hmm. and that was, gosh, Dave Gahan's band, I forget, Your Own Personal Jesus I just remember the Johnny Cash version. That's hurt, right? Well, he also did that. Your own personal Jesus? Yeah, he did that on one of his American recordings, one of the recordings. That's insane. That's a heroin song. Well, there you go. That's crazy. Sorry, I forget the name. So it's five, six, seven. So the eighth artist was Coldplay. Okay. Okay, Chris. What's his name? Martin. Chris Martin from Coldplay. He's got a 17 year old brand name because I think their first single came out in 2000. Wow. And then that gets us to eight. The last two artists, one was in their 30s. That was Bruno Mars. He's got an 11-year-old brand name. And the other was the redhead guy, 27 years old. Oh, Ed Sheeran? Ed Sheeran, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think he's got an 11-year-old brand name, too. I think he's been out for that long, right? Wow. But he's 27. He's the only one in his 20s, right? So why is that freaky? Because if you go back 30 years, this is what I had done on this previous episode and looked at the top 10 grossing tours from 1987. Mm-hmm. The old guy okay. was David Bowie. He was 40. <laughs> and he was the old guy. He was the old guy. Okay. And that was a Glass Spider tour. At that time, at 1987, so he had, see, 77, 67, he got a like 20 ish year old brand name okay okay you've been on the radio for that long three of the artists had 11 year old brand names and were in their 30s and that was alabama that was boston mm-hmm. and that was huey lewis in the news so that's what we got three four there mm-hmm. and then everybody else was in their 20s for the most part with a brand name that was five years or less old they've been on the radio for five years or less wow that was madonna that was Def Leppard. It was Whitney Houston on her first record. Hmm. And that was U2, because that's when Joshua Tree came out. Now, that was their fourth record. They might have like a six-year-old brand name maybe or more. Mm-hmm. But, but still, they were in their 20s. Yeah. And then Michael Jackson, bad. Now, you can argue that Michael Jackson was on the radio, has a bigger brand name from, with the Jackson, Jackson 5. Yeah. I could see that. But I think it's also important to note, like with an asterisk, that... Epic didn't even want to sign Michael Jackson after the Jackson 5. They thought it was all over. So he had to recreate the whole thing as Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. And if you follow other artists, you know, it's not the easiest thing in the world to leave a band called this and start your own solo career. Especially when you were a kid. Yeah. With a cute little face, Michael Jackson, in ABC or whatever. Yeah. Now you're... And then, and, man. and then do a solo career. I mean, yeah. it works for some people. It doesn't often work, though. So that's telling. So that shows the power of radio and broadcast marketing mm-hmm. when we didn't have any choice but to listen to what they were serving up and how a debut artist like Whitney Houston can come out and be in the top 10 grossing tour because of record was just such a smash hit. Yeah. Right. And now we're just recycling the same old stuff, yeah. clearly, because they're having trouble breaking through. So this led us to talking about... What does that mean? Like, how do you break? So we're just going to have an open discussion here. And just yeah, this brainstorm. is the pop quiz version of the show today because <laughs> I don't know what's coming. And listen, when you guys, like, if you have ideas about this, then by all means, hit us up in the clown community, email us at info at daredevilproduction.com and let us know like some different ideas. So let's just revisit this particular conversation that led me to, I just flew back from Arizona. My dad mm-hmm. got married. Oh, and awesome. While I'm waiting in the airport, I had a new consultation from a new climber, super pro, 
he's out there touring with some artists that you've heard about. And he's also got his artist thing coming on. And so he's like, I think I just need to rethink this whole thing, mm-hmm. point me in the right direction. And so we had a great conversation. And I'm just also excited when I hear when pros come and talk to us too. Oh, yeah. Because that's just makes that's me feel good. Yeah. <laughs> but I was giving him the conversation that I talked to a lot of artists about trying to unplug everything that you know and that you learned from broadcast marketing and how you were marketed to mm-hmm. and try to reframe everything so that I can at least put them on the path to honoring the digital platform. Because mm-hmm. that's the trick, right? That is the trick. Is understanding how it works. The first thing we have to do is we have to go back and we have to dissect the way it used to work, mm-hmm. which was with radio. Oddly enough, and this is a strange thing to say, but I think it's true. I think you agree with me. Even though we found all the artists that we love and that became the soundtrack of our youth, we found those artists either directly or indirectly on the radio. That's where we discovered those artists. Mm-hmm. It's not why we listened to the radio. Right. Not to or, discover new artists. Or back in the day, MTV. Yeah. Or CMT. Yep. yep. We didn't watch it to discover new artists. We were pleasantly surprised when we found a new one that we liked. Yes. But we were there for another reason. Exactly. We want to hear our jam. My jam. What I'm already wanting to hear. So I think it's important to think about that, right? To go down that rabbit hole. Because how did radio work. So in marketing, we need reach and frequency. And the reason we're going to go back over this, I'm going to talk about this again, is because I want to get you online thinking about how powerful that was on radio. And then what we're going to do is try to brainstorm some different ideas on how to recreate that as best we can on a digital platform Mm -hmm. with the pros and the cons of digital. The pro being you don't need anybody's permission to do it. Right. It's for all intents and purposes, it would be free, mm-hmm. but a fire hose of artists that are trying to do it. So how do you stick out? Yeah. How do you stand out? Et cetera. The upside is anyone can do it. The downside is everyone is doing it. Everyone is doing it. Right. right. And then there is no like one channel in a market that's going to feed all this to you. So mm-hmm. you're just not getting the same amount of exposure. Right. Right. And you know, the Beatles are superstars. Why? Because when they first came to America and played the Ed Sullivan show, they played five songs on the Ed Sullivan really? show that night. Five songs. Like, oh, how, wow. I didn't really the heck that works that was like the beatles show or something yeah you know strange but it it worked but 70 million people were watching that show yeah which is almost 40 percent of the population of the united states crazy do five songs not even one five how many stories have we heard about some music legend and what it kicked it off for them is i watched the beatles on ed sullivan yeah yeah and it changed everything i mean are we gonna have any of those stories that are like cultural <clears throat> touchstones like that these days where 30 years from now, they're like, yeah, I saw so-and-so on the Billboard Music Awards, or I saw so-and-so on... By the way, that was another little ingredient that kind of came in and wanted us to have this conversation was mm. Digital Music News just came out, and we were, one of the headlines in there was that the Billboard Awards, which must have been just recently, I didn't even know it was on, the viewership was down 55%. Yeah. And you know people are home. Yeah, they're home. So they're why home. don't they want to watch it? Is it because the artist are is famous? I didn't even know it was on. Yeah, I don't know his own either. But I wonder about that. I feel like sometimes with the award shows, like Hollywood award shows, mm-hmm. a lot of people are just really over the politics and everything of it. I think that's part of it. But I think also they're not as famous. Mm-hmm. I mean, I got lucky. I turned it on randomly because when do I ever turn the TV on at night? I don't know what was going on that right. week, but I actually turned the TV on one night. And it was in the middle of a Garth Brooks medley. I was like, what magic is this? <laughs> Do I not know about this? <laughs> What's going on? I don't have cable. This is what channel is this? Oh my gosh, it's a live Garth Brooks thing. So <laughs> right. I didn't even know what it was for. 
So we go down this rabbit hole, right? But let's just remind everybody one more time how radio worked, right? First of all, there's only two choices that you had to listen to music. You listen to what you owned or you listen to the radio. That was it. That's all you had. MTV or CMT or BET or DH1. But that was it. And what a buddy had. Yeah. Yeah, they might have that cool friend who had the Charlie Daniels that went down to Georgia where he says the bad word. Right, right. You know, or something like that. And that 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 was it. I consider that to be like indirect exposure. Yeah. Why did your buddy have it? Because he heard it. On the he radio. heard it from radio. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was the way that we discovered them. Or touring, if they're opening for another act that you like as well. Yeah. So how did it work, right? So I always use the example of Reva McIntyre in 1994. Mm-hmm. 18th studio record comes out. Mm-hmm. First of all, slow clap, right? Yeah, good job. Like, so you got 18 major label records. Mm-hmm. You are everybody's jam. Right, yeah. She at the top of her game. This, mm-hmm. The lead single was Why Haven't I Heard From You. Mm-hmm. Now, the way that they would drop records back then was very mutually beneficial to the record labels and to radio. Mm-hmm. So they're not going to just drop the record. They're going to release the single, let that single run up the charts, two, three, four months, let it heat up, get to number one, and then drop the record, right? right? The single is, for the label, as far as they're concerned, the single is a commercial for come buy this record. That's right. Because that's where they made their money. That's right. Off the record, not that's off right. the record. And so radio, for an artist like Reba, it's just going to be, this is a big deal. We're going to play this every hour on the hour. This is Bob Jones at WKKR. We got that new Reba single. Why haven't I heard from you? Every hour on the hour. Listen now. You You can't get it anywhere else. That's right. You can't get it anywhere else. So that's driving traffic to radio. Mm -hmm. Right. And then also and people sitting there with their cassette tapes ready to hit trying to record. record. How many times you do And that? so mad that the DJ's talking over the intro. Yeah. <laughs> Doing the post up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to hear you, Bob Jones. <clears throat> but while you're waiting for them to spin your jam, mm-hmm. then they slide in this new guy, Tim McGraw, that you never heard mm-hmm. about. Now here's the important thing is that radio was we created rotational format programming. Mm-hmm. So heavy rotation. There's medium rotation, there's light rotation. Heavy rotation, 70 spins a week. It's a lot of spins. Yeah, it's okay. like 10 a day. Yeah, that's a lot. That's math. I just did that. It's, it's right then. Really good. That just happened. Arkansas State University. <laughs> so if you have 20 songs in heavy rotation, that's uh-huh. a 1,400 spins. By the way, if you know that radio plays 12 songs an hour, mm-hmm. right, times uh, 24 hours times seven days, that's 2,086 spins. You lost me, but yes. Arkansas State University! <laughs> Shout out again! <laughs> you got you halfway there. No, 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 no. Now, what if I'm wrong? What if it's 2,186? It's either 2,000 or 2,186. But at 1,400 spins with 20 songs in heavy rotation, that's more than half the bandwidth that's there. It's available. Yeah. Medium rotation is about 40 spins a week-ish. Okay. Light rotation is going to be like 15. And I think everybody understood that like when a new artist comes out, you got maybe one spin or two spins a week that they're going to try to slide you in on. It's going to be at 3 o'clock in the morning. Right. And then they're going to just test it and see what people think about the song, whatever that means. Somebody calls in and says, I love it, or yeah. who knows. Now, here's the thing. You guys are musicians. You guys are artists. You guys are songwriters. The only reason you would choose to go down this crazy road Mm-hmm. <laughs> and spend this amount of time even just listening to us. Because you desperately don't want to grow up. Yeah, exactly, no. right? And yeah. that's an itch that you have to scratch. But yeah. also, why do you have to scratch it so much? Because you experience music so much more profoundly than the average person. It's three-dimensional yes. for you. You can hear something once and you're in, right? You're listening to that kick drum. You're listening to the, you know, it's a P bass. 
And depending on your level of sophistication and your taste, you might be like, oh, I know that's Dave Fowler on the bass right there. I can tell by the style. Or, they, yeah. or the guitar. I know that's a guitar. Boots guitar player did that, blah, blah, blah. But the average music listener who loves music but doesn't experience it like a musician does mm-hmm. or a singer or a songwriter, they have to hear that song seven times before it becomes what we call subconsciously recognizable. What does subconsciously recognizable mean, right? So you got to know this if we're going to try to recreate it on digital. Right. right. So subconsciously recognizable means that that's where your brain finally wakes up and says, hey, you need to pay attention to this. Mm-hmm. Subconsciously recognizable doesn't mean that you know it's Tim McGraw, you know it's Indian Outlaw, and you're singing along with all the words and you know it and you're a big fan. No, you just kind of got woke. You just kind of like, I've heard that before. So here's a great illustration for that. We've shared this many times, but I can't repeat it enough. The car that you drive right now, you're always aware of that car. Maybe it was your dream car. And you're like, this is what I've saved up all. Like, I'm going to go get this. This is the thing I want. Mm-hmm. I love this. Or maybe you just decided to buy it out of pragmatism or whatever. It doesn't matter. You knew about the car. You were aware of the car. This wasn't a brand new model or a brand new car manufacturer that came out of the blue. So you're very familiar with it, but still somewhere between one hour and one week of you driving that car off the lot or purchasing it from another individual, Mm. you're sitting in a stoplight and what happens? You see another one. All of them. All of them. (laughs) Right. They're like, everybody's got this freaking car. Now you were aware of it before, but it really wasn't in your awareness because your brain wasn't telling you that that was personal and relevant information. And so it was recognizable, but it wasn't subconsciously recognizable, mm-hmm. right? But then you're at a stoplight, and all of a sudden, everybody's got that damn car. Yeah. I didn't know there was this many on the road. Right, This yeah. is crazy. You know, I live in Delvin, Wisconsin. There's yeah. 8,000 people in this town. Do they all own this car? <laughs> right. What happened? Right. So that's subconsciously recognizable, where all of a sudden your brain knows that it should pay attention to that. Okay. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. So how do we replicate the power of repetition? Because in marketing, we need reach, 
and we need frequency. That's marketing 101. Reach, we've got to reach millions of people. Mm-hmm. We've got to do it lots of times because if – so, and, yeah. Yeah, and so we're not talking about like seven spins in a market and it becomes subconsciously recognizable for the market. The individual has to have heard it seven times. So the first six, it went in one ear and out the other. Mm-hmm. This is not a voice. This is a debut single from an artist, right? Or to them, it's the debut single. I mean, to Indian Outlaw was the second record for Tim McGraw, but the first record kind of came and went fast. Yeah. yeah, the first record was like, Welcome to the Club. It didn't do anything. First single that popped was second record. That was uh, Indian Outlaw. Not a moment too soon, and the single was Indian Outlaw. Yeah, yeah. So and that went to like record. number eight, and then the second single was Don't, don't Take the Girl, and that went to one. number one. Yeah, and so he's off to the races. But you don't recognize the voice. You don't know the yeah. name. There's just nothing there to grasp onto mm. emotionally, spiritually, song, like music lover-ish, whatever. Like there's nothing there mm-hmm. until you hear it enough times. So who decided what was on that playlist on the radio? Program directors, labels, you know, yeah. labels presenting it to program. program but the program, program directors, directors decide, right? right? But they decided out of what was presented to them. That's right. Yeah. So, and yeah. highly filtered. You're not going to get on the radio without permission from the record label is going to give you a record deal or without permission from, even if you got the record deal from radio to mm-hmm. give you the nod and say yes. And that's why, by the way, and this is insane, but the business model of the record label when it was popping and they were at the height of the record business, making the most amount of money, 95% of the artists that were signed to any label lost money. Mm-hmm. Not because they sucked. Yeah. You didn't get signed if you sucked. It's just, just they didn't go to the radio. They weren't chosen. Yeah. You know, the good news is on digital, we don't have to ask anybody's permission, right? And That's now right. The, the cost of making the music is way down. Mm-hmm. Like there are brilliant people who can create amazing records in their basement or in their garage and make it competitive and viable. So now who decides what they're going to watch on social media? The individual. The individual. What they watch. And what are they always going to choose? What they want, what they already want, their jam. Their jam, what they're familiar with, right? Right. Now, here's the other thing, and I brought this up on this consultation last night with this guy. I said, so you know that one video that you saw that's just really super funny or super entertaining or super provocative or whatever, Mm -hmm. and you watched it, and maybe you watched it twice, but when was the last time you ever watched it three times? Yeah, not often. Hardly at all, right? Because your brain's like, I already saw that. Yeah. Zip, and you zoom past it in your feed. So, wow, we get to two, mm-hmm. two spins on digital, and then they already know it. Yeah. If you can get to two, mm-hmm. but they already know it, so now what are you going to do? What are you going to do to the other four or five spins that you need to get to the point where you're even subconsciously recognizable yeah. to a new consumer, somebody who doesn't know who you are? you got to find a different doorway to walk through. Yeah, so this is why... This is a long buildup, but this is what we want to talk about. <laughs> but I mean, I want to set the stage, right? So it's yeah. like build your base, that your case, save your face. So what are some different ideas? I mean, this is one of the reasons why we push cover songs, mm-hmm. mashups. So on digital, your content has to be one of three things to be even consumable, much less shareable, mm-hmm. which is obviously what you want too. So the one of three things has to be inspirational. Mm-hmm. It has to be educational mm-hmm. or it has to be entertaining yeah now you think well i'm an entertainer i'm a singer right. and i'm a songwriter so that's entertaining and eh. no yeah 
That's not entertaining because they don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. So they're not going to give you the time of day. You have to Trojan horse yourself into the mind of the consumer. And then once you get in there, like once you get that shot in there, you still have to do it multiple times Mm -hmm. to be able to become someone that's recognizable, to move to the familiar spot from the unfamiliar spot of an artist. So how does that happen? If you're doing cover songs or mashups leading up, let's say, to a lead single, that's a brilliant way to do it. Mm-hmm. Consistency matters. For sure. You have to have consistency. It trumps everything. Absolutely trumps everything. Uh, we've talked about the chain smokers release strategy. Mm-hmm. Number one thing in that is consistency. Yeah. We talked about Noah Guthrie breaking on YouTube. He broke mm-hmm. on digital. How do you do it? Consistency. 77 videos in a row, one a week. 77 weeks in a row with a cover song that he did it. And then he developed enough recognition from people who really liked what he was doing that he got that big, big viral hit. Mm -hmm. And that changed the game. He literally broke on YouTube, which led him to a contract with NBC Mm -hmm. at Glee. He was cast on Glee. Mm -hmm. And now pre-COVID, he does 750 seaters every weekend, hard ticket sales, makes a living doing what he wants to do, Mm -hmm. right? Isn't that the way American Idol worked? Ideally, yeah. They got these artists in front of millions of people every week. Mm-hmm. And so really up their brand recognition. But over and over and over and over and over again. Right. Right? And still, now, now think, about, cover songs. think about that for a second. If you're old enough to have started watching American Idol when it first started, when Kelly Clarkson won, uh-huh. there was on major broadcast network, there was, I think there was 15 seasons before it moved to Fox. Okay. It's mathematically sound and mm-hmm. scientifically sound to say that the winner and the runner-up of each season got the most amount of television exposure. Yeah. Right? Two millions. We're talking about like 30 million people. Yeah. That was a big, big show for oh, yeah. Fox, right? Yes. So you can't name five of them. Yeah. I can name Kelly Clarkson and Carrie Underwood. And that's about it. Yeah. There's one other guy. So they were hot, and then they were gone. Yeah, exactly. You know, Except for those couple. Yeah. Think about that. So, again, there's the consistency part, right? Even when you get a platform that big, yeah, you can't just disappear and come back. Right. You get forgotten. Bo Bice? Did Bo? Or was he second? No, he came in second. I thought he was going to change the world, and Bo Bice got a little lost in what's-his-face from Arista no. doing pop songs. And I thought he was going to bring back rock and roll, but he didn't. <laughs> I think that speaks to the consistency part. So I got some different ideas and I want to put you down this road. And if you have some ideas, man, hit us back. Yeah. We'll be dropping this episode in the client community. So beautiful space for comments right there on Facebook. Here you go. So here's one idea that I have in the interest of consistency and in order for it to work and to be seen, you have to put out a lot of content, right? Mm -hmm. And it has to be competitive, of course. Yes. And it has to be inspirational, educational, or entertaining, right? Mm-hmm. Now, there's some artists like OK Go that mm-hmm. did some of these visually incredible Very entertaining. Uh, videos that, yeah. So it was extremely entertaining just visually. It had nothing to do with the song. Yeah. You just could not watch it because yeah. it was fascinating, right? Starting with the treadmill thing. And you have Ranger Smith, who did comedy. Yeah with Earl Dibbles Jr. Mm-hmm. He's creating a thread there where people are watching him because he's going to be funny with Earl Dibbles Jr. And then he gets his audience in line and then they're going to be there and they're going to listen to the music. And he grew a $1.8 million a year empire literally from his laptop and road work. Yeah. But there's only four people behind that. That was Granger Smith, his brother, the lawyer, and 
and the lady with the PR agency he works with. You have that. You had Noah Guthrie broke through mm-hmm. with consistency on just on cover songs, right? Mm-hmm. Like a killer blues singer, and he was just putting his artistic interpretation on stuff. Yeah, uh, and you can still get a lot of organic traffic from that. So what else could you do? Like what could mid-level artists, right, mm-hmm. or high-level artists? One of the ideas that I had was, and mark my words, I said this. Okay, this is this is. <laughs> I might have mentioned this on the show before. Did I mention this? I don't know. It depends on where you're going. Okay, so what if an artist comes out with a lead single? It's a killer single. Sidestep for just a second. Lil Nas X. Okay. Number one for 26 weeks in a row. Think, yeah. Right? Was it the same song? Yes. Yes. Was it no. the same recording? No. no. So what was he doing that was so brilliant with that? He kept doing remixes, kept bringing in guest artists. I mean, most people know the Billy Ray Cyrus, but mm-hmm. there was also... So many. So many. So many. Somebody else that he did a duet with on that song. Mm -hmm. And it just kept re-hitting number one and it didn't come off the charts. So he was changing the content. Same song. Yeah. So what if we did a video version of that? So what do we do a video version of that? By the way, okay, so maybe this requires money from a label. But Mm -hmm. also, what if you open sourced a bunch of students, like film students, that had any interest in music videos at all? Mm-hmm. So this would be a resourceful way to get it for free. Yeah. But you go and you say, okay, we're going to release this single, and I want like six or eight different videos for the same song. Yeah. Not different video edits, like different videos. Completely different, different directors. Different directors. Like, okay, do your thing, yeah. right? Like, how would you interpret this, whatever you want to do? And the artist just says, I promise if it involves me, right, yeah. I'll say yes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Obviously, it's got to be constant with the brand or whatever. Right, but yeah. instead of having to hem and haw over, like, the perfect concept that must happen for the single, mm-hmm. we get away from that and we start talking about well, how much content can we put out there. Mm-hmm. That's my winner right there. That's my winner idea. And we talked about this just briefly. And John was like, stop talking. Let's hit record. It, so we haven't really dove into this very much. I think what's interesting is if I don't already know who you are, I don't care that you have a new video out. But if I'm a fan that knows who you are enough or maybe the thumbnail grabs me or that little bit that starts playing on mute as I'm scrolling through my feed grabs me, then I'll listen. But if I already know who you are, then that's interesting. I want to watch every one of them. Yeah. And see what's going to happen next. And I think that's also a little bit of news, isn't it? A little bit of news. You can get more interactive. Like what's your favorite? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All kinds of that kind of stuff. Or what's your idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you have an idea? Out crowdsource the damn video? Yeah. Where like, audience members like, hey, I'm a videographer. Hey, here's a Dropbox of all the video files. Why don't you do your own edit? Ooh. I mean, I know people. Oh, that's genius, dude. That just happened. So I know some bands that release like the stems of their stuff. And they're like, do your own remix. Yeah. Of like famous bands. I want to say like Radiohead's done that maybe. Yeah. Of release some of that stuff where you can go do your own remixes. I'm not sure how well that did in the consumer world, but I got a bunch of those times because I'm just like, ah, you know? yeah, exactly. I got yeah. you know, a queen and Def well, yeah, it's definitely and, not for everybody because, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you have know, to be an audio geek to want exactly. to, yeah. to, to dig into that. But the different video edits is fascinating. Mm-hmm. In the same way that Madonna and some of the other pop artists, well, they'll let these DJs do like remixes of it, mm-hmm. you know what yeah. I mean? And that becomes like a big club thing, big yeah. club hit. But then they're hearing it over and over and over and over and over again. It's shrouded in new or dressed up in new content. Yeah. And so it's different, but it's the same hook, right? Yeah. And it's the same message in that song. Because that's what's interesting to them, what makes it consumable and entertaining is they know the song. Mm. And so you go and you do something really 
compellingly different with that mm. song, hopefully. For instance, with what Noah Guthrie did with LMFAO's Sexy and I Know It, mm. which was his biggie, or with the Gourds, which is a bluegrass band. Think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. It's Marinade on that. Who <laughs> did Gin and Juice? They covered Gin and Juice from mm. Snoop Dogg. Or think about what Marilyn Manson did with Sweet Dreams, Sweet Dreams from the yeah. Eurythmics. Most of his fans probably don't even know who the Eurythmics are. Yeah. They think that's his song. But that's what made me want to listen to that. Yeah. Is going, oh, man, I haven't heard that song in a long time. That was creepy then. And I'm not a What's big he fan of, to it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of Marilyn Manson, but you can't deny how compellingly different. He made it his own. Mm-hmm. And that's the key on the cover songs. Like you have to take the artistic license mm-hmm. to do whatever you want to do. Yeah, he yeah. made that creepy. Uh, sweet the dreams are made of these. How am I? So, here, here, here's something, too, that made me think about on TikTok. So, you know, you can do the duet feature. Ooh. And what if you're somebody who has, you've done the work, you've been building up this thing. And a lot of times they'll do duets on cover songs. Like, what's a big song from um, uh, Stars Born? Shallow. Oh, yeah, yeah, shallow. Yeah. So everybody on TikTok was doing, and they were doing duets. Like one guy would be playing guitar and be like, hey, duet me up. Come on, duet me. And he'd sing the male part and he'd just play over the female part. And then a female TikToker, whoever, anybody could do it, or dude could do it, didn't matter, could jump in, jump in, stitch it together, sing the female part. And now you got this duet that's on her feed and also his version's getting out there. So you really need people to duet with you and you're doing no quality control. Brilliant. But you get to hear the original person that's doing the cover yeah yeah so many times so it's going to be like oh he's really good i listen to it because i follow her who do the duet and then if you do like a killer guitar arrangement yeah you're going to be like the favorite one that people are ripping off the of. one that they're going to pick yeah or that i did that with uh, just like funny. a reaction video off some guy that does these crazy kind of videos whatever and i found a way to make it relevant for the songwriter audience because mm-hmm. i've been playing around tiktok a little bit to make it about lyrics or whatever for my audience and I did this reaction thing and it got a lot more views. One thing he was really interesting so I'm kind of coasting on his visual like the dude's uh-huh. wow what he does and then made it relevant for my audience yeah. and it got a lot more views than my normal stuff. There you go. And so what if you know if you're an independent artist here's my new song maybe you can download it here or the previous video you do the whole thing yeah. now duet me Yeah. and you send that out and people are duetting you because they want to get noticed by you they want to get in your feed and now you're getting in their feed. So that's something that's already going on in TikTok. So and, yeah, what a way to, like, if you're like an up-and-coming artist, to you know, include fans who have a little bit of talent, too. Exactly. Like, what what if you go, here's a spot for the hip-hop break. Yeah. yeah. You know, somebody freestyle. <laughs> Brilliant. And then you With just, just a killer hook. Yeah, you, right? you got your thing, and that way, boom, all these freestyle rappers, whatever they want to do, like throw on your... You do cool hooks like that. And you, you can make song. inroads into the whole rap community with that. Because there's yeah. like guys who are in the rap community just because they do beats and they're brilliant with beats, yeah. you know, oh, that are just make sure. these compellingly interesting beats. How about a songwriter with mm-hmm. something to say that's got a, this great melodic hook mm-hmm. with a great lyric? And then you're like, okay, rappers, spit out the genius, man. Let's go. Yeah. I mean, you can do that with like, if you're an artist. Here's That's the whole brilliant. song. Here's the whole song, but I'm going to include this spot here for you to freestyle. Yeah. Hit me up. Or even do two spots or whatever. And then on something like a TikTok where they can pop right in, it's super easy and they just go right on. So they can show their skills. They can show their skills. So that's your value for them. But everybody gets more visible. Oh, I love that. That's genius. Thank you. You should be in marketing. 
You're good at that. I was a marketing minor. Arkansas State University! <laughs> Spell minor. <laughs> Arkansas 17. State University. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, so we pulled that out of our behind. We want to hear what your ideas are. Like, what could you come together? Like, what could you dream up? Like, drop the ideas in the climb community. Who knows? You might come up with an idea, and I'm, you know, I have an artist that I can run with it on. Exactly. You yeah. know? I mean, that would be absolutely fascinating. TikTok is sort of the way you describe another way to crowdsource yeah some marketing really some marketing <laughs> yeah because yeah. they can do it with you they can do reaction videos yeah all that kind of stuff that's killer so for the artists that are trying to break through get first of all get used to tiktok get on the mm-hmm. tiktok right and then start out with a string of cover songs mm-hmm. right where you leave that space for somebody else to pop in and maybe you do get it. some love yeah you know on um, build your audience that yeah way. and then you drop your single and then leave the space for mm-hmm. somebody else to sing that single. Can you do another layer of mashup of known songs with your kind of original thrown in? And Ooh. then you're getting duets on the known hit mashup part. Like, I'm going to do the mashup of the verse of some hit song, Carrie Underwood song. I'm going to throw my own chorus thing on there, kind of mash it up, and then duet me on the Carrie Underwood second verse. And you get that hook in there. Or something like that. So it's like the verses are like from the Carrie Underwood song or you know, whatever what star. On. That's what they're going to do it on. But your hook and is the mashup part. Like is the, And the hook is good. What am I going to want to do? Where'd that come from? I want to listen to the rest of that song. Exactly. Oh, that just happened. There we go. Damn, we got to do this more often. <laughs> I'm sober too. Like I, like I, I want to do this with a couple of cocktails. We can come up with some serious <laughs> So anyway, guys, subscribe to the podcast, wherever you do. Join the Climb community. Leave comments on the Climb community. Leave a rating and review. We want to hear what you got to say. Hopefully it's five star, but if it's one, we read them all. We do. And then tell a friend about it. That's it. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. 
That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 